Guys, let me go on and tell you something. It has been a week. <laughs> and when I say a week, it has been a week. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the exhaustion on my face. If you're listening on audio, you can hear my voice. Uh, Colds and technological issues have plagued pigskin frenzy and you can see it all on youtube you can't see it on audio but you're just imagine a a new set here uh it looks cool looks cool got a cool uh, cool little you know window wall behind me and some of the you know black and green and all it's gonna be more lively set of pigskin frenzy and we got it and we got a new set because we moved locations to the great state of illinois the land of lincoln so we moved, new set, comes with technological issues, plagued us this all last week. We finally got everything fixed. Uh, Wi-Fi, technological issues all have been fixed. Everything's good in the hood. Um, cold, got a cold Thursday, wasn't feeling it, and still am a little bit rusty in my voice and in my nose so just bear with me i'll get better i'll hopefully be better by christmas time which is in two weeks so welcome to pigskin frenzy on this wonderful and very cold tuesday afternoon thank you for joining us i'm joel norris and whether you're watching on youtube listening on spotify listening on podbean or listening on apple a big thank you for taking some time out of your tuesday to just sit back watch and listen to some college football coverage presented by me now if you're watching on youtube subscribe to the channel like each episode leave comments down below spotify podbean and apple all you have to do is just follow and share around with others X, Instagram, and Facebook. Just type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow, like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You'll get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You will get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's trivia question, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. College football day today. We are going to recap Army and Navy. I did indeed cover that game this past weekend. It was a fun game. It's also, it's, it's really fun to just watch it and see it and it was my first year covering it so i'm excited about it we're going to talk about that one we're also going to preview and predict uh some of the, the you know this weekend's first slate of bowl games because it's the it's the season of giving it's christmas time and that means we're going bowling as i just threw it up bowling Strike one, strike two. Okay, never mind. We're not going to talk about that. But strike, bowling. We're going bowling. And it is bowling season. So, bowling. Then, we're going to also, and quite frankly, recap a little bit of Conference Frenzy. Because I didn't get the chance to fully recap Conference Frenzy. We're going to talk about that just a tiny bit. Not going to go over the stats, but we're going to talk about that. As well as the transfer portal, the Heisman. It is all going down on Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Keep plugging into Pigskin Frenzy, guys, on all platforms, audio platforms included, Spotify, Apple, Podbean. Keep plugging in on there. Guys, keep plugging in on X, Facebook, and Instagram for all things today for the show. Now, before we kick off everything else and just talk about everything else, we're also going to talk about the college football playoff criteria because I've had a lot of complaints and a lot of talk about, okay, yes, you put your reaction video out a week and a half ago, but we want to hear more about it. I'll give you my take on it, but we're not going to predict any of college football playoff or New Year's Six Bowls until it gets closer till. So uh, games we're going to be talking about and covering for bowl games, the Bahamas Bowl, LA Bowl, Cure Bowl, Independence Bowl. So, four games. Okay. So, let's just talk. Uh, my voice is going, it, it may sound a little rusty, so just bear with me on this episode. Okay. Let's talk about Army-Navy, shall we? I picked the Army Black Knights to win that game. I was right. It was close. And I thought, honestly, that this game, oh, uh, Honestly, it wasn't going to be all that close. Uh, I thought it wasn't going to be close at all. Uh, final score, and we're going to go into this. Final score was 17-11, Army defeated Navy. I thought the game was going to be a little bit lopsided. I thought Army was going to win by a score of around 31-10. And I was wrong. It was a close, hard-fought game. Just how I like these rivalry games. Hard-fought, close game. 
Bryson Daly for Army. Man, he was something. 7 for 14 with 54 yards and one touchdown, 27 carries with 84 yards. Kanye Udoa, 13 carries with 88 yards. Awan Marshall, two carries with 19 yards. Two receptions with nine yards. Jacoby Buchanan, four carries with nine yards. Casey Reynolds, three receptions with 32 yards. Tyson, Tyson Riley, four-yard touchdown reception. The defense even racked up three sacks and one turnover. Ty Lavatai for Navy. 16 for 26 with 179 yards and a touchdown with 19 carries with 74 yards. Alex Texa, nine carries with 34 yards, two receptions with nine yards. Brandon Chapman, two receptions with 24 yards and 12 12-yard 12 carry. Jaden Embarger, six receptions with 75 yards and a touchdown. Eli Heidenreich, four receptions with 56 yards. Linebacker Colin Ramos was the highlight of this defense, tracking up 16 total tackles. Now let me want to tell you something. Just me, guys. Just me here. Uh, that game was a little too close. I think it was very competitive. I think oh, it could have gone either way. I think that Colin Ramos uh, was a big difference maker for the Navy midshipman defense. I thought the game was very physical, very tough, and... Like always, it was back and forth. I honestly thought you know, there's some years where it's been, you know, not as close. But this year it was extremely close. I thought this is going to be one of the years where it wasn't going to be close. Uh, but somehow, some way, Army pulled it out. Army pulled it out. And Army kind of just out a little bit Navy. And that, that, that's what it was. Army just kind of out Navy just a little bit and held on. I thought Bryson Daly ran the ball well. I thought the running, the rushing attack for Army was good. I said that last, I said, I really didn't say this because y'all didn't hear me say this, but I was telling some of my family and friends that I feel like the keys to this game were that Navy needed to slow down Army and vice versa. I felt like who was going to play better at quarterback and who was going to slow down each other more. I felt like Army slowed Navy down just a tad bit more than, than, than Navy did Army. So I think Army played a heck of a game. Navy also played a heck of a game. They fought hard, but I feel like Army ran the ball just a tiny bit better and got the win here. So final score, 17-11, Army defeated Navy. Uh, not a lot to say about this one other than the fact that I was right. You have to slow down these triple option teams. This is, this is a, These are hard offenses to stop. All they do is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and it is just, you know, full steam ahead. They keep going. Run the ball, and that is what they do. So final score, 17-11, Army defeats Navy. Let's recap Conference Frenzy just a little bit. Tiny bit. Not going to go over the stats. I wrote all the stats down last week, and the internet was all fuzzy and the, the technological issues happened. So it is all good. I'm still salty about it as you can see, but Hey, we're, we're, we're here. We are here and doing the show. So let's recap conference frenzy just a little bit. SMU defeated Tulane 26, 14. I said that SMU was going to win that game a couple of weeks ago. I thought hashtag, hashtag pony up, by the way, pony up. They are, they're a solid football team. Unfortunately, they are not playing in the new, in the New Year's Six Bowl. Liberty is. Let me get to that later on in the episode. But SMU defeated Tulane 26-14. I felt like Kevin Jennings was a solid player in this game. Uh, he didn't play the best game, but he didn't play a too terrible of a game. It got him the win. Nonetheless, Jalen Knighton also played really, really good. Uh, we had 75 yards and a touchdown with 15 carries. He ran the rock well. And SMU is a team that usually hangs up 50 points on people. They have the, uh, they have a, the what, the ninth best offense in the FB, FBS. And Tulane last year, in my honest opinion, was a great and was the best group of five team out there. Now it's Liberty and SMU. You can argue with that one. Along with it, you can even put a Troy or a Miami, Ohio up there. But, but, we're going to get to Miami, Ohio in a little bit. But, here we go. Here we go. 
SMU. They ran the rock well. They played a better offense well and had a better offensive game plan than Tulane did. With Tulane, I kind of felt like Tulane kind of fell off. I, I'm going to be real. I think there's a lot of games that they could have won by more than what they won by. Uh, they could have beaten East Carolina by four or five touchdowns. Uh, they, I wouldn't say four or five. Let me just retract that statement. I'll say they could have beaten them by three scores but they beaten them by a single score or a field goal. Tulsa could have beaten them by three scores, beat them by a field goal or a single score. They kind of fell off a little bit. They played a great game against Ole Miss. Ole Miss did defeat them by a couple of scores and ended up beating by a couple of scores. But with Tulane, Tulane is the team that could, honestly, when you look at them, be a team that could very well go back to a New Year's Six Bowl, but they just didn't play like it. In my thoughts, in my honest thoughts, I just felt like they kind of dipped a tiny bit. Uh, speaking of Tulane, we're going to get to the coaching carousel uh, again today. Uh, well, there's some more coaching carousels that we're going to talk about, and we're, we're going to break some of this stuff down. We got a lot to talk about on this show, guys. Jam-packed. So, Final score was 26-14. SMU defeats Tulane. Tulane just kind of fell off a little bit. It's okay. Tulane's a good football team, and they deserve they deserve to go to a bowl game, obviously, because they played really, really well. SMU deserves to go to a good bowl game, too. And they are not making the New Year's Six Bowl, unfortunately. Liberty is, but we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit because it's a good example that we're about to use in the college football playoff talk. So SMU defeats Tulane. Pony up. So... Let's talk about Michigan and Iowa. The Big Ten Championship game, uh, I was right on that. I said that that game was going to be not close. Final score, 26-0, but I was also wrong. Excuse me. I was also wrong. I said the game was going to be close, but it was close. You're thinking, dude, it was 26-0. Why are you saying it wasn't close? I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I say it was close. Because of Iowa's defense. They played great. I mean, Blake Corum had two touchdowns, 52 yards. But here's the deal. Iowa's defense kept them in it, man. They gave a late play with a lot of toughness and even gave Michigan fits. Michigan, at times, punted the ball. And Michigan wasn't the move of the ball nor, like, like normal, if that makes sense. They were moving the ball, and they fought for it, but they, they had to fight for it. It wasn't like, okay, we were just going to just walk in and get it. It was a fight. It was a a clear, you know, boxing match to get every yard because Iowa was not letting them just going to run all over them. They were not just going to sit there and let them just play with them and toy with them. Iowa was going to fight, and they did. The reason why they had no points was because they don't have the offensive firepower to score points with Michigan. Michigan outmatched them in the end, and that is what happened. 26-0, Michigan defeats Iowa, but Iowa played a solid game. They got a Citrus Bowl game coming up against Tennessee. I fully expect uh, right now the line favors Tennessee. If I'm thinking about it right now, uh, I'm not, this is who I'm leaning towards. I'm not going to say who I am picking, but if I'm leaning towards anybody, you would have to favor Tennessee because of the offense, but that defense is pretty salty enough to hang in there with Tennessee. So let's just see what happens in the Citrus Bowl in that game. But Michigan going to the playoff. They are going to Pasadena against the Crimson Tide of Alabama in in, in the Rose Bowl, one versus four. We're going to talk about that here. Uh, as the weeks for the weeks to come, we're going to talk about that and preview and predict that before New Year's, and we're going to talk about that game on the show. But they're in the playoff. They are in the playoff. Final score, 26 nothing. Michigan defeats Iowa. Texas and Oklahoma State. Texas wins the Big 12 championship. They blew out Oklahoma State. I said that they were. Um, 49-21 was the score. Quinn Ewers had a record-setting day with 452 yards and four touchdowns. He was the highlight reel for Texas. They could do no wrong. They couldn't do any wrong, right? I mean, 
play after play was big gains, big gains. Uh, Ollie Gordon was not a factor. They shut him down. But Anthony Bowman played his heart out. He played with three touchdowns for Oklahoma State. He threw about a couple. He threw three. He threw triples in the air. He threw triple dimes in the air. Got the Cowboys twenty-one points. But Texas was just outmatched them, and Texas secures a playoff spot. Oklahoma State goes to the Texas Bowl against Texas A&M. We will talk about that one later on. Not not in this episode, but in weeks to come, we will talk about that game. Texas secures a playoff spot against Washington, and that will be the Sugar Bowl matchup, two versus three, an Alamo Bowl rematch from last season coming into effect for the Sugar Bowl into the playoffs this year. So that's going to be a tight game, Texas-Washington. That's going to be fun. We're going to break that game. We're going to cover that game as well. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about bowl season. Texas, they look good, man. They look like they could probably win the national championship. They keep playing like that. They might do it. They might do it. Final score, Texas 49, Oklahoma State 21. Let's go with Washington and Oregon, Bama, Georgia. Then we're going to get into the final. We're going to talk about the final frenzy rankings really quick because as for those of y'all who didn't who didn't see it on, on Instagram, X, and Facebook, I posted that on all socials. So we're going we're to talk about that and just give you a recap of what I posted before Selection Sunday uh, there. So my frenzy rankings, the final frenzy rankings. So Washington, Oregon, I thought Oregon was going to win the game. I was wrong on that. Washington wins 34-31. Michael Penix had a good game, 319 yards and a touchdown, but it wasn't just mainly Michael Penix. It was Dylan Johnson. Dylan Johnson was the key to this game. He played like a madman. I mean, 28 carries, 152 yards, two touchdowns, seven-yard reception, and he was two for two with seven yards and a passing touchdown. He could do no wrong. Dylan Johnson was the workhorse for this team. He was a key player in this. And I said that Washington needed to play Oregon physical, and they did. They played Oregon physical. Need I remind you that Oregon made some mental errors in their first game that they played in Seattle? They didn't even make any mental errors. Washington just beat them outright in this football game. Washington, solid team. They are going to the playoffs against Texas in the Sugar Bowl. Oregon's going to go play Liberty in the Fiesta Bowl. And we're going to talk about those games later on. We're obviously going to cover them. But Washington looked good, man. They look they look like a team that could, that who knows? They may can go to the national championship. But Oregon, still a tough team. Played them close, but just could not hold on and, and beat Washington in the end. Back-to-back wins over Oregon, Washington, the Pac-12 champions, and they go undefeated into New Orleans against Texas. Let's talk about Georgia-Alabama really quick. You obviously have heard, right? Um, we also got to talk about Florida State-Louisville. We'll get into that last before we talk about Georgia, you know, after we talk about Georgia and Alabama. Let's talk about Georgia-Alabama really quick. Bama 27, Georgia 24. Georgia, 29-game winning streak comes to an end, and the playoff hopes were dim. Jalen Milrow played light. He played a solid game, 192 yards, two touchdowns, and Roy Dale Williams replaced Jace McClellan in that game. They ran the rock well, and they played out. They just out-physical them and out-matched them in the very end. Georgia played a good game but they just could not slow down Bama. Bama grinded them out, ran the ball, ran the ball, and Georgia just couldn't figure out what to do with Bama. They couldn't figure out how to stop them. If you need a key and a recipe and a formula to, let me just say, I guess contain Georgia and or defeat Georgia, you go to Tuscaloosa, you look at Nick Saban and say, how do we beat Georgia? Because it seems like right now, the only one who knows how to beat Kirby Smart in Georgia is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only because Kirby Smart knows Alabama so well. And they they know each other really well. Nick Saban, that's his, Nick Saban, that's his student right there. That's, I mean, Kirby is facing his master and the master defeats the student once again. And it was it was one of those games where it was like, oh, man, Georgia was favored. I picked Georgia to win the game. I picked Georgia to go to the playoffs. Didn't work out that way. It did not work out that way. 
But final score, 27-24, Bama defeats Georgia. Georgia's out of the playoffs. Bama is in, and they are the SEC champions, and they upset and defeat Georgia and stop Georgia from three-peating. Their three-peat journey comes to an end. We will have a new national champion this year. So, Florida State-Louisville, let's talk about this game really quick. Bama played really, really well. This is the debate here because, wow. Okay, here we go. 16-6, Florida State defeats Louisville. I picked Florida State to win. Louisville, Florida State, the game wasn't really all that, back a letter term, fireworks, if that makes sense. It was more of a defensive showdown. Florida State's defense, and let me go on and tell you something. Florida State's defense is a championship defense. I don't care what anybody says. They have a championship defense here. Brock Glenn took over for Tate Runemaker. Tate Runemaker was hurt. Didn't show any really promise, but he was a true freshman, so give him time. 8 for 21 with 55 yards. Not the best, but Lawrence to a Philly. 10 carries with 118 yards and a touchdown. Is suffice. Does enough to get on the ground, and that will suffice for them to get stuff on the ground done and to score. I mean, their defense, I mean, for real. I mean, let me just talk about this. Seven sacks, seven sacks. Louisville couldn't do anything. How 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 is Louisville going to win a game with seven sacks? He's on his back seven times. That's that's ridiculous. Jared Verse, uh, a highlight for this game as well. Jack Plummer, he had some moments, but he didn't capitalize on them. What I mean by that is, he he had some wide open guys, but he would underthrow them or throw it right to the defense, and it would get batted down. And, I mean, 111 yards with an interception. Jahar Jordan couldn't really get anything going on the ground. They only scored six points. Uh, it was a kind of a low-scoring game at first, and Florida State ran away with it in the end, and their defense really did shine. 16-6, Florida State is undefeated. The ACC champions in 13 and oh, That was the conference frenzy, pretty much. Our recap for conference frenzy was fun. Hopefully next year, I will give you more of an in-depth recap of it. But due to the technological issues, due to me having a, you know, cold, I guess, cough, do a cold, uh, that everything just, you know, happened. I just had to give a quick recap of it. And I wanted to give y'all a quick recap of it because y'all deserved it. So... Let's talk about the final frenzy rankings and let's talk about the college football playoff for a little bit because we need to discuss this before we break down transfer portal, before we break down uh, the Heisman Trophy, and before we break down you know the bowl games because we need to talk about this stuff, guys, and coaching changes because I want to talk about that as well. Uh, if if you haven't know if you haven't heard, I'm pretty sure you already have heard. I've posted it on all on on X. You've probably already read it. But let's, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it anyway. So, final frenzy rankings go as, as this list goes. As follows. Troy, 25. Tulane, 24. Oregon State, 23. Miami, Ohio at 22. Because Miami, Ohio played really, really well. They won the MAC. They deserve it. We're going to talk about Miami, Ohio here in a little bit. Iowa, 21. I only put Iowa in there because I thought they played pretty Pretty well for the circumstances that they had in the Big Ten Championship. They didn't have an offense, but they they for sure had a defense, and they gave Michigan some trouble. So I think that 21 is a good spot for Iowa. SMU 20. I think SMU played good enough to get the 20th spot. Tennessee 19. Louisville at 18. Not too far enough because they – they, 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 they did give Florida State some trouble. So I'm not going to drop them out completely, but 18 and the final spot for them is, 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 is Louisville at 18. NC State at 17, solid football team is NC State. They played North Carolina lights out, and they beat them lights out. So good on NC State. The highest group of five ranked team is Liberty. I agree with this. 16 is Liberty. Notre Dame is 15. LSU is 14. Uh, we're going to get into Jaden Daniels here in a little bit. Penn State, 13. Uh, Arizona, 12. They play Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. Ole Miss, 11. Penn State and Ole Miss play each other in the New Year's Six Bowl, Peach Bowl, and the Peach Bowl. Chick-fil-A, Peach Bowl, New Year's Six Bowl for Ole Miss and Penn State. They play each other in Atlanta on December 29th. So, Oklahoma at 10. Missouri plays Ohio State. Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. 
Number nine, Missouri. Number eight, Oregon. They play Liberty. They play Liberty in the Fiesta Bowl. Ohio State, number seven, Georgia, six, Alabama, five, Florida State, four, Texas, three, Washington, two, and Michigan, one. And those that was the top four. That was my playoff until Selection Sunday happened. So let's talk about the college ball playoff criteria here, here a little bit. A good conversation that leads into it. My honest thoughts on how everything went down because we haven't had a time to talk about this. So let me just talk about this. I, I posted it on the reaction video on socials, on, on Facebook and Instagram. Go and check it out. But I'll give you a more in-depth talk about it, I guess. I see where both sides are coming from. And that's how I'm going to start it out. I see where both sides are coming from. I see where Florida State's coming from. I see where Bama's coming from. Michigan, one. Washington, two. Texas, three. Alabama at four. And the first two out were Florida State and Georgia. Now, here, and this is just me, who I think, if you want to look at who the four best teams were, because... This is what this is about, right? College ball playoff, and they, and they said this last year. It's about the four best teams. They even said it this season, the four best teams. We're going to put the four best teams in. That is the motto. Not only just last year, it's been the motto since 2014. The four best teams. We're going to put the four best teams in, but it's not about computers and the BCS. It is about the four best teams. Guys, I was alive when the BCS happened. I was little watching football when the BCS happened. It was all computer done. Now it's a committee thing done involving with some computers. But that's not the point. That is not the point. The point is the four best teams. Then it became a log of strength of schedule, strength of record, resume, eye test, all this stuff. Who deserves it more? And that became a factor. Bama got four, Florida State was five, Georgia was six. When you look at everything, uh, Florida State was undefeated. This is the first time ever that a power, an undefeated Power Five Conference champion was left out of the playoff in favor of a one-loss team. Granted, they won the SEC championship, and they're, they, they, they've been playing like lights. They've been playing on a whole other level ever since that UCF game, yeah, USF game, that South Florida game in week three, but they're still undefeated over a one-loss team. That's how you look at it. Now, when you look at, when you look at everything, though, Texas is a one-loss team as well. But, however, they were the highest group of the one-losses, right? But you got to put the poor best teams in, right? They said that Florida State's performance was dipping, and it was. It was dipping. They were. They were not. They were not like they were with Jordan Travis. If y'all want to be, y'all can hate. Y'all can hate me on that. But that's the truth. The wrong decision wasn't made. If you want to look at it like that, if you want to talk about the four best teams, the wrong decision wasn't made. Besides one factor, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you that in a minute. Now, now, four best teams. If you want to look at it like that, Bama didn't need to get in. But if you want to look at the most deserving, Florida State needed to be in over Alabama. I can see where everyone is coming from. Four best teams? Right. But let me give you an example. I, I'm going to defend the committee. You put the four best teams in. That's right. You put the you made the right choice. But now I also see where Florida State is coming from. I see where they're coming from because... They're undefeated, did everything imaginable, everything imaginable to put themselves in the position to get into the top four. And they still didn't get in. They won the ACC championship with a third-string freshman quarterback, and they still didn't get in. So I understand their argument there. Give you an example. Uh, the depth of candidates this year was tremendous to talk about. Last year, not so much. TCU lost a, to a two-loss Kansas State team. Kansas State won the Big 12 championship. They didn't get in, but they got into the Sugar Bowl. The debate was two-loss non-conference champion Alabama 
and non and one loss non conference TCU. TCU was twelve and one. Bama was eleven and two. Who do you put in? You put in if you want to talk about the four best teams, you put in Alabama over TCU. Alabama needed to get in because Alabama was better than TCU. If you want to look at it like that, and they were, they were. Don't believe me? Look at the national championship. They would have played Bama, they would have played Georgia a lot closer in the natty than TCU did. Georgia routed TCU 65-7 that year or this last season. When you look at the playoff with that, they put TCU in because they're a one-loss team and they earned it. They it was more fair. But Bama was better than TCU. Another example and this has nothing to do with the playoff, but it's a New Year's Six Bowl. SMU Liberty on who goes to play, who goes to play Oregon. SMU got snubbed out of a New Year's Six Liberty, uh, out of a New Year's Six Fiesta Bowl against Oregon for Liberty, because Liberty was 13-0. The quote was, well, Liberty won all their games. That does not make any sense because Florida State won all of their games and they need to be in. So point is this. It's wishy-washy. The criteria is messed up. It is messed up. Florida State got robbed. Not denying that. They did get robbed. Is Alabama a better team? Yes, they picked the right choice. But Florida State still got robbed. Here's the deal. You need to change the criteria on how you vote and how you do things. Point blank. Even with a 12-team playoff coming up next season, because now we're expanding to 12. Yes, you still need to change the criteria. What is the criteria? Is it strength of schedule? Strength of record? Is it resume? Is it IT? What is it? Who's better? What's more fair? What, what is it? And that is what you look at. And that, and, and that is what everybody else is looking at. But it's just confusing. It really is confusing. The criteria is broken. I think it needs to be changed. And uh, that's pretty much all I got about my thoughts on that. But I think the right team's in. I just said the committee did wrong by how everything went down. Point blank, how everything went down. Uh, some of their decisions did not make any sense. And they need to change their criteria. That's just my point. That's just my, my point blank on, on the whole subject matter. So that was the college football playoff criteria. Guys, let's talk about some of these New Year's Six Bowl games, though. I mean, let me just go on and say this. I'm not going to predict them. You're going to think, as I get on my cellular device for the New Year's Six Bowls, I'm just going to sit here and say this. New Year's Six Bowls, they still matter, and they still are good. They still matter. So we're going to talk about this. Obviously, in the playoff, here's what we got. Rose Bowl, January, New Year's Day, New Year's Day Rose Bowl, playoff game, semifinal. We got Michigan at Alabama, number one versus number four. 8, uh, 8.45 p.m. Eastern on New Year's, right after the Rose Bowl. Another semifinal, Sugar Bowl, Washington versus Texas. And then December 30th at 4 p.m. Eastern in Miami, Florida State and Georgia play each other in the Orange Bowl. The first two out play each other. December 30th, noon at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Ole Miss and Penn State in the Peach Bowl. Then you got on this, on Friday, December 29th at 8 p.m., Missouri and Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Thursday, December 28th, we have my fault. That's on a New Year's Six Bowl. Let me go to the Fiesta Bowl. There we go. The Fiesta Bowl. That is the last game that we're talk, talking about. New Year's Day at 1 p.m. Eastern, Oregon and Liberty. Those are the New Year's Six Bowls, and they're great. And I can't wait to see them. Uh, what do you guys, I mean, just comment down below, message me what you guys are looking forward to. I'm looking forward to all those games as well. So let's talk about, before we break down 
the bowl games for this week and just talk about, you know, let's just basically I'm just talking just to catch up. Right, just to catch up on everybody and just catch up on everything because we've been out for a whole week and a lot of co- a lot of stuff in college football has happened. So let's talk about one quick thing before we go to the coaching carousel. Before we go to the transfer portal, let's talk about the Heisman. The Heisman Trophy presentation happened along with the Army Navy game that day. Army Navy happened, and then the Heisman Trophy. I watched it. Uh, the finalists were Oregon quarterback Bo Nix. LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington, quarterback from Washington, and Ohio State wide receiver Marvin Harrison, the Blitnikoff winner. So when you look at the candidates there, all of them are deserving, especially Michael Penix and Bo Nix. They are deserving. But Jaden Daniels, I thought, was the most outstanding player in college football because when you look at the Heisman, it is awarded to the most outstanding player in college football. And it was given to the most outstanding player in college football, and that was Jaden Daniels. LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman Trophy for 2023, and it's a no-brainer. I mean, he put up 3,000 passing, or I'm sorry, 4,000 passing yards and 1,000-plus rushing yards this season at the same time. That's unbelievable. The first person to put put up 350-plus yards and then get passing yards and 250-plus rushing yards in a single game, that's Jaden Daniels. He leads the league, and he leads college football in almost, almost every category. Uh, rushing yards per play, 8.3 yards per carry. That is more than most teams, not just players, Teams, and he's a quarterback. He's a quarterback. You got to give him a Heisman Trophy. He is he is insane. He deserved it, and there was nobody this season. Even though they lost three games, he stepped up in every single game. Besides one, the only bad game he played in was Florida State. But even in defeat against Ole Miss, even in defeat against Alabama, in every single game they played, Jaden Daniels has been the it factor for LSU, and he is what makes that offense run. And we're going to see what it's all about in against Washington. He will most he is most he is now leaving for the NFL, but will he sit out in the Rely Quest Bowl against Wisconsin? We don't know yet, but I will say this. And I will say this, if he doesn't look for him to make one last one last lasting impression for LSU in the Relia Quest Bowl, uh, he won the Heisman Trophy. He's earned it, and he deserves it. He is one of the best and probably the best college football player this season. I, I pick Quinn Ewers to win it this season. Uh, but it's looking like Quinn Ewers might come back, so Quinn Ewers can be a Heisman frontrunner if he plays like he did Again, in the Big 12 championship game every game. So, who knows? Uh, let's go to the transfer portal. And before we talk about, you know, the bowl games and before we talk about the coaching carousel, uh, you're, you're going to think, dude, you're going through this show. I am going through this show. But let's just talk about it. One big news is that Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel entered the transfer portal, and he has already announced where he is going he is now transferring to Oregon. He will be the Oregon Ducks quarterback, replacing Bo Nix in 2024 as they move to the Big Ten next season. Dylan Gabriel in an Oregon uniform is going to be insane. It's going to be his final year of eligibility. He's going to finish his last season as an Oregon Duck. And let's just see what happens. That's going to be a, a difficult schedule to go by, and it's going to be a lot more competitive, especially because you're playing Michigan and Ohio State in the first season. So let's just see what Oregon, let's just see what Oregon does. Uh, I think Dan Lanning picked up a nice, a good pickup for Dan Lanning as they transition into the Big Ten. So good on Dan Lanning, good on the Oregon Ducks for getting everything done and landing a top quarterback like Dylan Gabriel in the portal. Guys, Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord is in the transfer portal. Um, he has been making visits to Miami, Michigan, um, no, 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 Miami, Nebraska. He made it in not Michigan. He wouldn't go to Michigan. Uh, Michigan State. He's made visits to several schools. 
Uh, Kyle McCord, along with Julian Fleming, is in the transfer portal. Ohio State watched for Julian Fleming's in the portal. They both visited Nebraska together. There's been a lot of talk that he will land in Nebraska along with a Julian Fleming, which is pretty 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 surreal. The duo there landing in Nebraska together. So we'll see what happens there. But it, that is by far one of the biggest shockers that McCord would enter the portal. Uh, there's been rumors that he said that that Ryan Day told him that he wouldn't be able that his job was not fully secured in 2024, which made him ponder. In you know, okay, I'm gonna try to go somewhere where I can for sure start. In my eyes, I felt like he would have started in 2024 at Ohio State. But what do I know? He's in the portal. Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward is also in the portal. He is one of the most, he is the number one quarterback prospect in the portal right now. Uh, he is visiting Miami today. Uh, he's expected to make his decision soon. And that is a highly touted pickup touted pickup right there if Miami gets him. Uh, Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall has entered the portal as well. Vanderbilt wide receiver Will Shepard has entered the portal. South Carolina wide receiver Juice Wells has entered the portal. He is visiting Ole Miss, Texas, and Tennessee. Will Shepard, I would watch out for LSU in this mix just because he's a Louisiana hometown kid. He may go back home. And LSU's going to need some receivers after this Rely on Quest Bowl, especially with Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas. Certainly not fully confident that they're going to leave, but certainly could leave LSU and go to the NFL. So, Grayson McCall, I don't have a good read on Grayson McCall yet. I can see him going to Auburn. That's what I've been hearing as well, but Auburn is in the mix for a lot of quarterbacks currently right now. Walter Nolan, defensive lineman for Texas A&M, is in the portal. He visited Ole Miss. This would be a big-time pickup for Lane Kiffin, especially now that Ole Miss has got a lot of their players back, including Jackson Dart, Jordan Watkins, Dayton Wade, and... Trey Harris, uh, they are potentially, obviously going to potentially return Quinshawn Jenkins as he is with a sophomore. So he's going to be a junior, right? He's coming back to Ole Miss. So Ole Miss is returning a lot of their guys, and they add some guys to the, from, the, from the portal. They're just building up and building some meat there. Walter Nolan could be a very a good start of bringing some more physicality to Ole Miss. So Walter Nolan would be a good pickup if they can land him. Riley Leonard, new quarterback Riley Leonard, has entered the portal projected to go to Notre Dame, and he took a visit to Notre Dame the other day. Uh, let's see what happens there. I fully expect him to land at Notre Dame after Sam Hartman departs to the NFL. Sam Hartman will not play in the Pop-Tart Bowl against Oregon State, so uh, we'll see what happens with Riley Leonard as he as he's probably potentially being brought in for the 2024 season. One that struck me, uh, obviously, uh, this is what I've been hearing. Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers has been trending towards Washington and replacing, and obviously replacing Michael Penix Jr. for next season. That will be a good time pickup for Kalen DeBoer and Washington. So watch out for that as they transition into the Big Ten as well. Kansas State quarterback Will Howard, graduate transfer, has entered the portal. Will Howard, man. Will Howard. We'll, we, we'll get you some updates on all the socials for the transfer portals and the recruiting rankings as they go on now. So as I'm going to update you guys. We're going to have a recruiting show here in February. So uh, just stay tuned into that uh, when we when we when we when the time comes. But uh, Kansas State quarterback Will Howard is entered the portal. I've been hearing a lot about Missouri and Washington, Missouri and Auburn. Uh, imagine him going to Auburn would be electric in college football, uh, I think that would be a good pickup for for Auburn and Hugh Freeze. I dropped my pen. I dropped my pen. I'm looking to get it. There we go. I got my pen. So, Will Howard entering the portal, uh, going to Auburn. That would be almost like the start of... Hugh Freeze and what he did with Chad Kelly at Ole Miss. Uh, and, and it might be even a little bit better since it's at Auburn. Uh, the start of something good for which Hugh Freeze, if he can land Will Howard. So some good pickups there, some good portal, some good stuff from the portal here. I mean, it really is some good stuff for the portal. Uh, another one, Miami quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke. He, he visited 
he visited uh, Nebraska earlier, and he visited Ohio State earlier as well. So he's visiting a lot of guys as well. Tyler uh, Max Johnson, he entered the portal. He landed at North Carolina. We have a lot of guys going to the portal, and it's, it's quite shocking. DJ Yuga Ungole is in the portal. He is visiting Florida State, Louisville, and Mississippi State now that Jeff Levy is in Starkville. So let's just see what happens with the portal here, and let's just see what happens. That's some updates and where everybody's going and at, trending towards. Um, just wanted to update on everybody and wanted to update you know a lot with a lot of stuff that's happening here. So the portal is heating up. There is a 30-day early window before it closes and before we get into the spring window going into spring games and stuff as we as I will give you my honest thoughts and my takeaways for spring game coverage. So uh transfer portal, here we go. It's heating up. Now, let's talk about the coaching carousel. Then we're going to break down some of these bowl games and then conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Coaching coaching hires. Tulane has has hired Troy head coach John Summerall. Why? Because Houston hired Tulane coach Willie Fritz. So Houston hired Willie Fritz, head coach from Tulane. He accepted the job, and he is moving to, to the Big 12, and he... That's a big, good hire, I would say, for Houston. Uh, Houston's going to, you know, it's it's a good fit, I believe. I think they're going to win some ball games with Willie Fritz, and Willie Fritz is going to bring them back to that standard of Cougar football. For Tulane, they hired Troy head coach John Summerall. This is a good pickup, too. Uh, especially after, you know, leaving and after he left and, brought Troy to where Troy is. Tulane's such a good stature school with Willie Fritz. I feel like with John Summerall, they could pick up right where they left off with, you know, where Willie Fritz left it. And John Summerall can make them just as good or even better, maybe, or even better. So let's just see what happens there. I thought it was a good hire on both accords. Guys, Matt Itz from North Dakota State is leaving their head coaching spot to go to USC as an assistant linebacker coach and assistant coach of the defense. Now, different hire when you look at it. You think you're looking, you're thinking, uh, you're thinking, okay, well, why would he leave the head coaching job? My honest thoughts are this better opportunity. Uh, yes, more money, but better opportunity as well. Uh, it, it, it helps. It, it helps when you go to a D1 school like a USC to try to get a higher graded coordinator job or a higher graded job itself. And I feel like, you know, leaving a North Dakota state not just because of the money, but because of getting a moving up in stature for jobs and potential head coaching jobs in the future, this helps. So I could see the move and I could see where Matt Entz is coming from on that. Wish him the best up in LA and what happens with it. Hopefully everything goes well with USC there. So Duke has found their next head coach. Manny Diaz, Penn State defensive coordinator, will become the head coach at Duke. And I think this is a decent hire for Duke because Manny Diaz is a tough son of a gun, tough defensive-minded coach. He's been a head coach before, but I feel like Duke is a program where he can fit in and he can deliver some good wins for this program. So I feel like he'll deliver a fantastic, solid, strong defense for this team. Uh, let's see what happens on offense and see what kind of players and recruits they can pick up with Manny Diaz. But I feel like a, like, like a defensive-wise, it's a good hire. Let's just see what happens on the offensive side of things. and Let's just see what happens with Duke uh, heading into next year. So that was Duke. Uh, that's pretty much all the head coaching hires that I got so far right now. Um, besides James Madison, they found their next guy. Bob Chesney from Holy Cross will become the James Madison Dukes next head coach. And I think that's a good hire for James Madison. Bob Chesney proven track record, uh, could very well, you know, light up the Sun Belt and do really good, you know, as the Duke's head coach. So let's just see what happens there with Bob Chesney. Uh, Kurt Ragnalli uh, went to Indiana. Uh, Bob Chesney comes in for James Madison. So uh, that should be 
that should be good, right? That should be good for the James Madison Dukes. That should be good for the Duke Blue Devils. Should be good for USC and should be good for Tulane and Houston. Those are the head coaching hires for currently right now. Uh, I also thought what well, one thing, what coaching hire was funny was Bobby Petrino going back to Arkansas. I thought that was interesting. Arkansas is now, it has hired offensive coordinator Bobby Petrino, their former head coach, back as their OC. And now he's back in Arkansas. It's going to be good. Uh, speaking of Arkansas, one more thing for the transfer portal. They added quarterback, Boise State transfer quarterback, Talon Green. Talon Green landed in Arkansas. That's a good, good, good transfer to, you know, to get for replacing a KJ Jefferson if KJ Jefferson decides to enter the portal or go to the draft. So, a uh, good pickup there. Raheem Rocket Sanders has entered the portal as well. So, they lost a good running back, but they replaced him with a good, solid quarterback runner and a good solid quarterback in the air as well. So Taylor Green ends up going to Arkansas. That was the head coaching hires transfer portal. Let's go with the bowl games and let's conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy and let's predict and preview these bowl games. So taking it off with the Cure Bowl. The Cure Bowl, Miami, Ohio versus App State. This is Saturday, December 16th. We're going to go all the way to my, to Monday, December 18th. We're doing four games, four NFL games as well. So let's talk about this. Miami, Ohio, and App State. The keys to this game are quite simple. For Miami, you've got to contain running back Kanye Roberts. Kanye Roberts is a lethal threat for App State's rushing attack. Uh, put up some solid numbers. They're a, top, they're a top 20 or 20th offense in the FBS. But Miami's defense... Miami's defense is 27th defense in the FBS. So they are a top 30 defense. They play some stingy defense out in Miami, Ohio. So they can find a way to contain Kanye Roberts and slow him down and play some defense. Miami, Ohio can very well find a way to beat the Appalachian State Mountaineers. So find a weakness in the defense of Miami, Ohio. So for App State, that's very simple. And, and what do I mean by that is move the ball in a way where you find your weakness, put your put the right matchups in on that defense, and move the ball perfect down the field. So I think if you move the ball well, find the weaknesses of the Miami-Ohio defense, then App State can pull off the win in the Cure Bowl. It's basically a basically football one on one with this bowl game. You find you find you you gotta try to exploit the weaknesses of the defense and try to slow down a high-powered rushing attack on offense. It's basically football one-on-one when it comes to both ends. Who wins this ball game? I got Miami-Ohio winning this game close. It's not going to be a a blowout by no means. I got them winning close. Miami-Ohio improves and ends their season 12-2. App State ends their season 8-6. Miami-Ohio 24 App State 21, I think it's going to be a field goal win. Miami, Ohio 24, App State 21 in the Cure Bowl. Moving on, the Bahamas Bowl, Monday, December 18th, Western Kentucky versus Old Dominion. Uh, 6-7-5, Western Kentucky, Old Dominion 6-6. For Western Kentucky, you just got to start off fast. And uh, a couple of games, a couple of games this season, they have not started off so, so quick. But I think once they pick up their tempo, it's going to be kind of hard to s- slow them down. So the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky, just the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky just need to start off fast. Old Dominion, keep the game physical and in the trenches. I, I think if you win up front on both sides of the football and keep it physical, Old Dominion has played some physical football this year. And I think if they just keep it physical against Western Kentucky, they can try to find a way to pull out the win here in the Bahamas Bowl. So I think for one, you got to play up tempo, kind of a a, a a little bit of a newer style of offense, a newer style of uh, football play. And then if you were Old Dominion, you got to revert a little bit back to the old school, physical, tough, reverted back of play. And I think if you keep it physical and put, win it in the trenches and slow it down just a tad, 
you get you you get the win here. And I think that's a big key for both Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. Now, who wins this game? I think it's gonna be close, but I think Old Dominion finds a way to win this game. I think the Monarchs do it. They finish their season seven and six. Western Kentucky finishes their season seven and six, and they win the Bahamas Bowl by a score of 17. 14. Old Dominion 17, Western Kentucky 14. They get the win here in the Bahamas Bowl and they defeat Western Kentucky and upset Western Kentucky and keep the game physical and a little bit low scoring. Now, LA Bowl, and we will, after the LA Bowl, one more bowl game and we'll conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. The LA Bowl, UCLA versus Boise State. 7 and 5 UCLA, 8 and 5 Boise State. So for UCLA, what you got to do is play lights out on defense, man. You got to play lights out on defense. You are, you're, what, top 15 in total defense in the FBS with 11, ranking 11th? Have You have the 11th best defense in college football. I think if you just play your defense and play a perfect defensive game plan, I think you can win this football game. You just got to slow down Boise State a little bit. And speaking of slowing down Boise State, the key to this game, because they don't have Talon Green anymore, he went to Arkansas. So what you got to do is give the ball more to, to their their star running back Ashton Gentney. If you just gave him, if you give their ball, if you give the the ball to Ashton Gentney, Gentney uh, will be fine. Ashton Gentney will be good. Establish the run with him. He's one of the most underrated backs in college football. Give him the rock. Let him run with it and let him put pick up a lot of the workload on offense for Boise State. If you establish the run and exploit some of the weak and you, you kind of expose some of that weakness. Uh, for us on UCLA's defense, you can get them, and I think this would be a good, good thing to do, a good key to do. I think this is going to be one of the most underrated bowl games, not just this weekend, but period this season. So in this bowl season, UCLA, Boise State. Who do I have winning this ball game? Close, close. I think UCLA does enough to win. But it's very close. I think this game goes to about 27-21. I think UCLA wins 27-21. And UCLA finishes their season 8-5. and five. Boise State finishes their season 8-6. and six. UCLA 27. Boise State 21. So um, 27-21. UCLA wins close. The Independence Bowl. And we're going to conclude today's episode with Pigskin Frenzy with this bowl game. The Independence Bowl. Cal versus Texas Tech. Six and six versus Texas Tech, six and six. For California, you got to find a way to slow down Taj Brooks. And what I mean by that is their star running back is electrifying. Texas Tech can run the ball with Brooks, and he is lethal on the ground. So for Cal, you just got to play some strong defense, and Justin Wilcox is known for defense. Just find a way to slow down Todd Brooks. And if you just slow him down and slow down their rushing attack, I think that's a good way of clear cleaning uh, clearing a lot of what the red raiders are going to do out and you find a way to pull out and win this game for texas tech you just got to play some clean football and limit these penalties they are not the best team when it comes to when it comes you know slowing down the penalties they commit a lot of penalties they are 50 uh they are tied for 49th in fbs when it comes to committing penalties uh in your well fewest penalties which is not the best so uh they are they don't play the cleanest of football but if they play a little bit more clean football i think they could find a way to not only clean play clean football establish the run with taj brooks they can get the win and pull it out in a good one against cal and the independence bowl who do i have one in this ball game uh, I got Texas Tech winning this game. I think it's going to be a two-score win. I think about 28-14 will do. Texas Tech 28, Cal 14. I think they establish the run with Todd Brooks. I think they play a little bit cleaner football, and they finish the season 7-6, and six, and Cal finishes the season 6-7. 28-14, Texas Tech defeats Cal in the Independence Bowl. That just about does it for Pigskin Frenzy today. Guys, a big thank you for taking some time 
out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, all you got to do is just type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow, like the pages, and just share around with others there. Now, Instagram, X, and Facebook, all you got to do is just type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow, like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You'll get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You'll get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday. We'll be back to recap week 14 of NFL action uh, Thursday. Guys, I did cover those games. Those were kind of a doozy. So we're going to talk about that, especially with the Bills and Chiefs and the Eagles and Cowboys. Guys, keep plugging into Pigskin Frenzy. We're, I'm not going to hope, I'm hoping I'm not going to miss anything soon. Sorry about my voice. Hopefully it will be a lot better than what it is now. Until Thursday, I'm Joel Norris signing off, and we will see you then for another edition of Pigskin Frenzy. And for everybody out there, guys, stay the course.